God never allows anything to happen to us without, without a soul that. God never says, uh-oh. He never says, I blew it. God never says, well, I'll declare. He never does anything to us. Now, you listen to me. He never does anything to us without a soul that. There is a reason for everything that God does to you and for you. Um, illustration. <clears throat> when Jesus <clears throat> and Peter, James, and John were up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses and Elijah, that little sneak preview of the kingdom age, Peter said, let's build three tabernacles. Let's just stay here. You see, Peter wanted to have an experience without a soul that. But Jesus said, no, no. He said, we're not supposed to stay here. We've got to go back down the valley. We came here so that we could serve there. We came here so that we could have power there. He said, uh, no. See, he knew that down in the valley at that very moment, there was a man who had his son who was possessed of a devil. And that son had come to the disciples and said, could you do anything? He described the awful, awful condition of his son and said to the disciples, could you do anything? Jesus knew there was a man down there that needed. Uh, you see, prayer is not an end in itself. Prayer is a so that. You pray so that you may serve. You get the power of God so that you may help, help somebody else. And Jesus, as Peter was saying, uh, let's, Jesus said, no, no, we won't stay up here. We won't free, build three tabernacles and stay up here. He said, uh, uh, Peter, uh, this is a so that. This is, we're here so that we can go down there and do something uh, for, for, for God and others. Illustration, Matthew 28, uh, 18. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. Why? Because all power is given unto me. All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Listen to me, sailors. Listen to me, fellas. Talking to you. You need what I'm saying. And uh, so Jesus said, uh, uh, all power is given to me. Now, he didn't say all power is given to me. Uh, so you can uh, holler and scream and beller and talk in tongues. He didn't say all power is given to me to make you feel good. No, he said all power is given to me. Go ye therefore. There's a so that. What's God's power for? So that people can be saved. What's God's power for? So that folks that are going to hell can go to heaven. What's God's power for? So that the gospel can be preached in the power of the Holy Spirit. He said so that there's never a command given by God without a so that. There's never a, a, a thing that happens to us but what? It should not be or was given with it a soul that. Illustration. Paul was an old man. Paul had suffered much. He listed the things that, that had happened to him. He had suffered much. And Paul said, um, said, everything that's happened to me has happened for the furtherance of the gospel. So that folks could be saved. Why was I put in jail? So that I could witness to the jailer. Why was I in jail at midnight um, in Philippi with, with Silas? So that the Philippian jailer could get saved. Why was I a prisoner in Rome? So that 
the gospel could go even to the, not only the prisoners, but the leaders of the Roman Empire. Why was I uh, left for dead? So that I could find young Timothy there in the city of Lystra and take him with me, and a great man of God can be born. Paul is saying, everything that's ever happened to me is so that. Now you listen. We, we do too many things in our lives just non-related to anything. You say, well, how did you ever get any relaxation? Somebody else, uh, asked me the other night. Uh, Brother Mel Brown, I was down Friday night, drove down and preached Brother Mel, Mel Brown's 20th anniversary as pastor of the church there in Rock Island, Illinois. And his 25th, by the way, his 25th anniversary as a preacher also. And uh, Brother, Brother Brown asked me, he said, you ever relax? I said, yeah, in the pulpit while I'm preaching. That's when I ever get any ever get any exercise? Sure, fighting fire while I'm in the pulpit, and uh, yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm simply saying that for you just to go out and play, a, play play some tennis with no cause is not right. You do it so that you can get strength, so you can serve God. You do it so that you can relax your mind, so you can serve God. Everything ought to have a so that. Anything in your life, you ought to say to yourself: Is there a so that? In what I'm doing, I uh, uh, you take a nap. Why? Uh, well, not not just because you're sleepy, because you like to take a nap. You do it so that you can. I'm, I'm not kidding. You do it so that you can get rest. You know, uh, this is a this is a, a a pitiful generation of ours. Have you heard that that uh, newscast that says that Chicago policemen, I think it says, have 178 holidays now? 170. Everybody wants time off. Why? The only listen. My Bible says in First Corinthians ten thirty one, whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. That means you're supposed to eat to the glory of God. That means you're supposed to sleep to the glory of God. There's some folks doing it right now, and uh, that means you're supposed to play to the glory of God. I have no right just to live here and have fun, so I can have fun. If I have fun, I'll be a so that I can be stronger to serve God. If I have exercise so that I can be stronger in the plan of God. If I take a little time to relax mentally so that I can be alert to serve God. God didn't put you here to eat three square meals a day and a midnight snack and play and have fun. God didn't put you here so you could have fun. God put you here so He could, he could have fun. Bible said you were made for the, for, the, for the pleasure of God and the purpose of your existence is God's pleasure. I'm simply saying, <laughs> every single person in this room has got to face God someday. You've got to look God in the face and God is going to ask you how you spent your life. Everything you do ought to have a so that. So that. I, Paul said, uh, I did this so that somebody could get saved. I did this so that the gospel could be spread. Paul, for example, was an athlete. He used that as a so that. Paul often in his writings mentions something about athletics or about sports. Second Corinthians 4, 8 and 9, Paul said, We're troubled, but not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed. A careful inspection of that passage teaches me that all four of those things are athletic phrases. First, he said, we're troubled, but not destroyed. What is it? What that means is, we're pressed, but not pinned. That's a wrestling term. I can recall years ago, my daddy used to be a sort of a semi-professional, a professional wrestler. And uh, when I came along, he was older and he wasn't doing that anymore. But um, 
He used to take me to wrestling matches when I was a little bitty boy. My favorite wrestler was Juan Humberto. And that was back when the wrestling was wrestling, not when a bunch of big slobs are putting on a show. And I don't understand. It's just princess. I don't understand how you fall for that kind of junk. I don't understand. Hey, you say, ah, get him, get him, get him. Oh, they rehearsed that thing just like they rehearsed a play or, or a movie. I, I, I was in a motel room watching the news, and they said certain, certain um, uh, wrestling wrestlers are going to be here. And they had those wrestlers on there. And one looked at the other. He had real cute hair, long hair. And uh, so like some of you. But anyway, get cute. And he said, uh, he, oh, get him. I hate that man. I, he said, say it again. Well, they came to each other, almost had a fight right there in the studio. The next morning, I left that town, and they left the town. I was on the same airplane they were on. They ate breakfast together. They sat beside each other on the airplane and to go to the next town to kill each other and to hate each other. But I remember, I remember going to wrestling matches, and back, and and and, and that you'd get, I'd, I'd be at the Sportatorium in Dallas, and and the other wrestler would have Juan Humberto almost down, and the referee'd get down. Can I have this mic? The referee'd get down like this and look under the shoulder, and as long as he could put his hand underneath the shoulder, uh, it was not a pin. And if you if you put the hand under the shoulder, he'd go one, two, and if he did it three times, that means he was pinned. And boy, old Juan Humberto would have his shoulder down there, and 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 if it'd go one, I'd say, oh, one, oh, one, one, get up, get up, one, get up. He'd raise it like that, and and God pin him again, one, two, and that's exactly what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying, press but not pin. He's saying, he's saying somebody in this room this morning is pressed, but raise your shoulder up, stay in the match, don't give up, don't let the devil pin you. He's got you down. Don't let him pin you. Now, Paul told that because Paul was an athlete. The next little statement there says, perplexed but not despair. What that means is, and it's an athletic term, which means falling behind in a race but not quitting the race. Keep on going. Don't turn back. He says, persecuted but not forsaken. That's an athletic term, which means there was no hole in the line, but he found one. I'm talking about uh, just he came to the line with the ball, carrying the ball to the line, and there was no hole there. He said, I'll just make one, and made one. Paul said, I pressed, but not pinned. He said, falling behind, but don't quit the race. He said, no way, but I made one. And the fourth one, which says, cast down, but not destroyed, means knocked down, but not knocked out. He said, you've been knocked down, get up and fight again. Now, how do we have that? Because Paul was an athlete. And Paul was an athlete, so that he used it for the furtherance of the gospel. So that. Hebrews 12.1. Wherefore, seeing your compass about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. What's Paul doing? He's using his, he used to be a runner. He's using his athletics as the soul that. Everything you do, listen, are, are you a good salesman? That's so you can be a soul winner. So you can tell folks about Christ. If you can sell an insurance policy, you can get somebody saved. If you can get them cared for till they die, you can get them cared for after they die. 
You can get them cared for in, 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 in on this earth. You can get them ready for another earth. God did not give you a personality so you could win the personality of 1988. God gave you that personality so that you could serve Him. God didn't give you that physique so you could... You could uh, be Mr. America of the year so folks could ooh and ah over you. Well, they do. They ooh and ah over me. I understand how it is. But God didn't give you that. God gave you that strong body so that you could serve God. People all over this room this morning living a life without any soul thats. Dr. Rice used to say, years ago, I came to Dr. John Rice when I first started preaching with him. And I said, Dr. Rice, why do you use me so much? I'm just a young man. There are older preachers all over the country you could use. Old Dr. John looked at me and he said, Brother Howes, I'll tell you why I use you. He said, I have one of these other preachers that will preach a sermon on heaven at a, at a Sword of the Lord conference. Or they'll preach a sermon on the millennium at a Sword of the Lord conference. Or the security of the believer. He said, Brother Howes, every time you preach, you've got a hook in the sermon. You've got a hook in the sermon. What you're saying is, every time you preach, there's a soul back to it. I preach this, soul that. You do this. He said, you've got a hook in all your sermons. That's why I use you. Because you've got a hook in your sermons. What he's saying was, there ought to be a soul that in everything that we do. Paul, Paul said to Timothy, chapter 4, verse 7 in his second epistle, he said, I fought the good fight. Why did Paul say that? He used his athletic ability so that. Second Timothy 2.5, he said, strive for the masteries. Talking about Olympic Games. He said, strive for the gold medal in the Olympic Games. What was Paul doing? Paul was using his athletic ability so that he used it for the gospel of Christ. Paul was in jail. He wrote twice in Ephesians and said, a prisoner of the Lord. And in Philemon 9, a prisoner of the Lord. Second Timothy 1.8, a prisoner of the Lord. Listen, everything that Paul did, he used it so that he could win folks to Christ, serve God, help people, and do God's will. Now, that's one thing wrong with your life. Everything is an end in itself. You watch a ball game because you like to watch a ball game. I watch a ball game if I do, like I'd take medicine if I were sick. If I need some relaxation, I ask myself, do you, can you serve God better if you have a little relaxation? My Bible says, whatsoever you do, do it all the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink or sleep or nap or pray, whatever you do, you're supposed to do it for God's glory. You have no right. You're not your own. You're bought with a price. You have no right to go your own way. Sit down, fellas. Be still over here. You have no right to go your own way. You have no right to do your own thing. You have no right to live on God's earth without doing God's will. You're like a chicken that eats the food and won't lay eggs. Like a cow that eats the, eats the food and, 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 uh, and won't give milk. God said, I give you strength, I give you food, I give you water, I give you air to breathe so that you can serve me. So that, so that, so that. Every truth, every truth in this book is a so that truth. Every truth. The Bible is not an end in itself, but a so that. You know what theology is? Theology, and you heard me say this, I think theologians have ruined our country. I think theologians have ruined our preachers. 
We send a red-hot young man to go to some seminary somewhere, or college somewhere, and some deep theologian gets to him and teaches him a bunch of stuff without it is so that. Theology is Bible teaching without it is so that. Radio preachers, get happy. Well, let's give Jesus a hand. Won't you, won't you go out and tell somebody about him? That'd be better. Radio preachers, TV preachers, deeper life churches, doctrine with no so that, Bible lessons with no so that. Hiles Anderson College is not a place where you've come to learn the Bible, and we teach you the Bible and fill you full of Bible truth. It's a place to come and learn the Bible truth and get it on fire so that you can reach a world for Christ. That's what it's all about. So that! So that! You come to church just because it's Sunday morning and I'm glad you're here. But you ought to come to church so that you can get strength to serve God this week. So that you can go out and obey the plan of God and get people saved and do His will this week. So that. Every truth. There's no so that, then so what? Why do it? That's what dead Bible colleges are. They're colleges that have truth with no so that. So I say fully on them. So what? There's no so, no, no so that. So what? Tell you professors that are sitting in Bible classes all over this country, teaching young preacher boys. By the way, those young preacher boys got called to preach in some red-hot revival campaign or some red-hot Bible conference. And the preachers across America are silly to send those boys to some school where dead theologians are giving them, give them the Bible truth with no, with no so that. The reason to learn the Bible is so that you can serve God. The reason to pray is so that you can have God's power. The reason to go to church is so that you can do God's will in your life. One thing wrong with our Navy. We're training our fellows and do nothing. I remember years ago, Mr. Carter was president. He sent me a telegram and asked if I'd come to the White House. And I, I'd been asked to come before by Mr. Um, uh, Nick Nixon and, and Mr. Uh, uh, since then by Mr. Reagan and, uh, and so forth. And Mr. Ford and so forth. And uh, Mr. Abraham Lincoln invited me to come to the White House. And, and there was, uh, there was um, John Adams and, and, uh, and James Madison and and others. Uh, uh, but anyway, this time I had no preaching engagement, so I went to the White House. Secretary of War, or, or the, the Secretary of Defense, uh, had a few of us there, and he, he said, you fellows have any questions? And I said, yes. I said, uh, what, what? he was up in this little small room. We were chatting. We had, we had lunch together. We were chatting there, and the President was sitting over here, and uh, uh, the Secretary of Defense or advisor on defense, he said, uh, uh, he said, any questions? And I said, yes, I'd like to ask one. And uh, he said, what's that? I said, what's the Army for? He said, don't understand the question. I said, I'll emphasize it. What's the Army? You know, boom, boom. What's that for? Well, he said, uh, we're training those men. I said, what for? He said, uh, to fight. I said, have you done any of it lately? Well, he said, no. 
We're training a Navy, so that. No, so that. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, why don't we go to Afghanistan and clean that mess up over there? So that. Every truth, every experience of your life, you're supposed to use to the glory of Christ. Every experience, everything that happens to you, you're supposed to use it for the furtherance of the gospel. So that. I was a poor boy, reared in poverty. Why? So that. I could tell about it. So that. I could encourage the bus kids. So that. We could build the biggest bus ministry in the history of the world. So that. Thousands and tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of poor people in the ghettos of Chicago. And because of that, in the ghettos of America, other churches get the idea. God didn't put me a poor boy accidentally. God said, I'm a real poor boy. I want a poor man's champion in fundamental churches in America. So that. So I use it. I use it. I was a paratrooper. So I use it. I would have joined the Navy, but I wanted to be in the armed forces. So I joined the paratroopers. Why? Why? So that I use it. I use it. I was out here in Hessfield soul winning one day, knocked on a door, and a fellow said, I'm up here. I said, looked up, and he was up in a tree that was overlooking the porch. He said, who are you? I said, I'm Jack Hiles. He said, uh, what, what, what do you want? Who are you with? This has been years ago. I said, First Baptist Church Hammond. He said, I've got time. I'm busy pruning the tree. I said, uh, what those boots you got on, what are they for? He said, they're paratrooper boots. I said, I was a paratrooper. You were? Yeah. 82nd Airborne Division. For a while, it was the 101st. Uh, Special Troops Battalion. Uh, the uh, uh, Parachute Maintenance Company. He said, you're a trooper. I said, I'm a trooper. He said, put her there. I said, put her there. He said, I'll be right down. I said, never mind. I'll be right up. I climbed the tree. Turned to Luke 19, where Zacchaeus was up a tree when he got saved. Want him to Christ up the tree when I prayed. Didn't close my eyes. Want him to Christ up the tree. Wouldn't have went into Christ if it hadn't been a paratrooper. He wouldn't talk to me if it hadn't been a paratrooper. Why did God make me a paratrooper? So that the gospel could be furthered. I, my dad died a drunkard's death. Everything that happens to me is supposed to happen to me for the furtherance of the gospel. I don't like to talk about my dad dying. I don't like to talk about my dad being in hell. I don't like to talk about my dad dying an alcoholic. I don't like it. But they're no oaths with God. They're no accidents with God. God let me go through that so that I could warn people to win their dads to Christ. And every week of my life, I get letters from somebody who said, Dr. Howes, I heard you taping the story about your dad. And I, I got so burdened about it. I got in the car and I drove across town or across the state or across the country. And I got my dad saved and said, Dr. Hiles, thank you for telling me about your dad. He said my dad wouldn't have gotten saved. And that's happened to hundreds and thousands of folks across America. It's time you quit just floating through life. It's time you quit just existing. It's time you realize there's a world that's lost. There are folks that are hungry. There are folks that are naked. There's a world going to hell. Everything 
you've got to pick it up and hit the devil with it. So that, so that, every experience is so that. An illness, use it for the furtherance of the gospel. A death, use it for the furtherance of the gospel. A heartache, use it for the furtherance of the gospel. You read Paul's letters, and you'll find again and again and again, he uses things that happened in his life. Read Philippians and find out how he used to persecute the church of God. Now, why did he use that so that he could reach people that are now persecuting the church of God? He said, I'm of this tribe and this nation and, and uh, uh, of, of this background and so forth. And, and he said, well, what did he do? He used it so that he could reach people with the gospel of Christ. It's tragic. It's absolutely tragic the way fundamentalists are living. Tragic. Listen, are you a banker? Did you know God didn't make you a banker? Just, you make money? There, there are bankers you could win to Christ that won't listen to me. You're a banker, so that. You know why? Are you a doctor? You're a doctor, so that. I'm talking about like Dr. Gergos. I'm sure he's here this morning. Faithful member of our church. Lovely family. Open heart surgeon. Every told me the other day, every morning, gets in his car, drives to, <laughs> drives to work, gets a knife, slices somebody's chest open, <laughs> saws it open, pulls out the heart. Oper- Just like you go to work to wash dishes. I mean, it's like you get up and go to the office, go to the shop, go to the factory. He just gets up, goes to the office, washes his hands, starts sawing on somebody's chest. But now, wait a minute. That's every morning. But God didn't make him an open-heart surgeon accidentally or just to make money. Because every afternoon before the surgery of the next morning, he walks into the patient's room and sits down beside the patient and says, Tomorrow we're having open-heart surgery. Now, I think everything's going to be all right. It looks like it's going to be fine. But just in case you didn't make it, do you know you'll be in heaven? And that good man witnesses to everybody who's, who has open-heart surgery. God made him an open-heart surgeon so that... Dr. Dr. Curtis Hudson tells about a doctor in his church got burdened for souls. True story. Most of my stories are true. I only tell one's not true if I get in a tight. Dr. Curtis Hudson tells a story about a doctor in his church got burdened for souls. And he walked down the aisle one night and he said, Dr. Hudson, from now on I'm going to witness every patient I have. Next morning, the guy came for a full examination. He examined him, everything. I mean, gizzard, gallbladder, heart, everything. After the examination, he called him in his office and said, Now before I go any further, I'll ask you a question. Wait till I get there. He said, do you, do you know if you died today, you'd go to heaven? The fellow said, Ooh! And, he, and he conked out. Gone, gone, conked out, fainted, dead away. The doctor came back and said, Dr. Hudson, I'm doing something wrong. Everything that happens, every blessing that happens is a so that. 
God doesn't give you blessings so that you can soak it up. God gives you blessings so that it can be used. If there's no so that, then so what? And hundreds of you are living a so what life. You ought to trade that so what life on a so that life. Every blessing of your life ought to be used as a so that. Go somewhere and tell God, people, how good God's been to you and praise His name so that they can hear the goodness of our God. I said so often, if you have a good day, at the end of that day, don't just say, boy, what a great day. Write down everything you did. And have another one sometime. Do the same thing you did that day. So that. If you have a bad day, the day is over. Write down everything you did. Don't do it again. Don't make a bad. Don't make another bad one. But our lives, we just float. We're like an amoeba. We're like a dead fish rising to the top and floating on top of the water. When the truth is, everything that's happened to you since we were here last Sunday morning was on purpose and should be for the furtherance of the gospel and for helping mankind and serving our God. Everything you do, find it so that. Find the so that because of it. Find out why. Every event of your life. Every event of your life ought to be a so that. I'm 62 years of age. I go harder than I've ever, ever gone. Why? Because I got, I'm copying the devil here. The Bible said in the tribulation period, the devil gets extra mad because he knows he has but little time. I'm closer to the finish than he used to be. I don't have as many years as I used to have. I've got fewer years to serve God. So what? I only want because I have fewer years to serve God. So that I'm going to give my best while I've got time. Oh, my heart hungers. Look, I'm not trying to hurt you. You've got to face God one of these days. God's going to ask you what you did with your life. God's going to ask you what you did with the events of your life, the blessings of your life, what He's done for your life. So that every defeat should be a so that every activity of your life ought to be a so that one last word you're here this morning so that you came as a visitor you came because somebody asked you to come you're sitting here this morning and you don't know that if you died you'd go to heaven now why you think you came was to help somebody win a Bible, or help somebody win a trip. But the reason you came was so that you could hear the gospel and receive Christ as your Savior. So that. What a tragic thing to come to church and hear the message of hope and, and not make a so that out of it. That's why you came, so that you could be saved. You're here this morning so that you could hear this truth that you're a sinner. You're here this morning so that you could hear the truth that sinners are lost and go to hell if they die in their sinful condition. You're here this morning so you could hear that Jesus Christ came and became flesh and came to earth and lived a perfect life, born of a virgin, after 33 years went to Calvary and died on the cross and for your sins and your place as your substitute and rose again after 72 hours for your justification. And, uh, and to hear that, you're here this morning to hear that everybody who will come and trust the Savior can be saved. You came so that you won't go to hell someday. You came so that you can go to heaven someday. You came so that you can have your name written in heaven this morning. You came so that 
your sins can be forgiven. You came so that you can be a child of God. You came so that the Holy Spirit can come in your life to live. You came so that Jesus could become your Savior. You came so that God could become your Father. You came so that you wouldn't burn in hell forever. And I beg you this morning, since you're here, I beg you, use God so that you came so that you could hear the wonderful message of redeeming grace and accept Christ as your precious Savior and your wonderful, wonderful substitute for sin. Every activity of our lives should be a so that. One of the things I do every day of my life, why am I doing this? So that. I'll be on the airplane. I'll be working. And all of a sudden I'll feel mentally weary. I'll take this little watch I've got here. It has an alarm on it. I'll take this little watch, and I'll set that watch for 20 minutes. And I'll say, I believe God wants me to take a nap because I think I could serve Him better if my mind were a little clearer. I set that watch. I take a nap. Why? Because I want to sleep? Because I love to sleep? No. No, 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 no. So that I can serve Him better when I wake up. I walk into a place to eat. Here they bring all the menu. Oh, my soul. Egg roll. Enchiladas. Tortillas. Burritos. Pizza. Lasagna. Oh, God bless lasagna. Lasagna. I'm led as a lamb to the slaughter. And the waitress says, may I take your order? I'll say, toss salad. With carrots. Brother, you talk about character. When you got lasagna over here and you eat carrots, you're retarded. And I sat there. <laughs> the other day I was going to Rock Island, Illinois to preach. And I like to eat in the middle of the afternoon. And then again, a little later in the afternoon. And then in the evening. But I like, if I'm going to preach, I like to eat in the middle of the afternoon. So I, I stopped to eat. I didn't eat any lunch I, 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 or supper. I ate, uh, I ate lupper. Uh, mid-afternoon. Or was it sunch? But, uh, or was it center? <laughs> uh, pretty good. Supper and dinner. Anyway, um, but uh, or it may have been dupper. I don't know. But anyway, uh, I stopped to eat. And I knew what I needed. I needed some fish. My doctor told me you ought to eat some fish. Now what I wanted was some fish from one of these places that put them in two feet of grease. Baptize them in flour. I wanted some of that big, thick batter on it. He said, how do you want it fixed? Broiled. 
It was a Mexican place. Mexican place. Not what it was. But Mexican place. Over here were two women. Oh, you should have seen their place. Tamales. Enchilados. Burritos covered with melted cheese. Now look at that broiled fish. I said, if it weren't for me, you'd still be in the ocean. As far as I'm concerned, you can go back. Looked over here. This guy was eating a big old bowl of chili. Melted cheese on top of it. You could smell the cooked onions coming from it. I looked at my halibut. <laughs> I said, why didn't you order the enchiladas? Because I'm a crazy fool. That's why I didn't. I didn't order the enchiladas. Well, you know why? I don't either. I ordered the fish and a salad. A salad versus chili. You know why? So that. So that. Everything I do, I want to do it so I can serve God. I want to have one life to live. I've got to face my God. I don't enjoy talking about the little escapade that happened at Bob Jones University. I said when I got when it happened, I'll never discuss it, I'll never mention it. And I read the scripture. Everything that happens to me happens so that I've got to use it. I've got to use it. I've got to remind people we don't know how long we have. I slept the whole night thinking maybe I'd preach my last sermon. God reminded me someday you may preach your last sermon. Mike Ditka was interviewed, and I want you to pray for him. Did I mean that? I'm worried about him. Uh, for him to go to that ball game this afternoon is, is, is a mistake. I, I, and I'm serious about it. I, I like the guy. And uh, I, I'm worried about his health. But Mike Ditka said, I learned some things with my heart attack. He said, I've learned some values in life. So that. So that. Everything you do in your life, everything you choose to do, do it on purpose. So that. So that. So that. So that. I'll stand before God someday. And you'll stand before God. God said, what did you do? Made a million dollars. God says, so what? So what? I had a doctor's degree. God says, so what? How many fellows didn't go to school, got more soul saved than you did? So what? Well, my name is Michael Jackson. I, I sent a bunch of folks to hell and sent a bunch of others to the, uh, the whorehouses and prostitutes and, and uh, ruined a bunch of young people. But I made millions and millions of dollars and God said, Michael, so what? So what? My name is Liz Taylor. What'd you do? Stirred passions. Became famous. Became what many people said the most beautiful woman in the world. God says, so what? So what? So what? 
Got a bunch of little Howells Anderson college gals that never have won a beauty contest. They're out knocking on doors on Saturday and building bus routes. God said, as far as I'm concerned, they're ten times as pretty as you are. So what? So what? Well, I was popular. So what? Was rich. So what? Made money. So what? Some little gal's going to stand up and say, what's your name? Speak up, honey. What's your name? She speaks up. What'd you do on earth? Well, I didn't have any money. I had to I had to wash floors at the college to pay my bill. I thought every month I was going to get kicked out because I didn't have any money to pay, but God always came through. <laughs> and I uh, I tried to look as nice as I could. God said, why? She said, so that I could build my bus route. And I spent Saturday yesterday when it was raining and cold, out knocking on doors, trying to round up some little kids to trust the Savior and to come to hear the gospel. <laughs> God said, come on up here, i got some special things for you. You one of my soul batters. The tellers said, how about me? He said, so what? The prince says, how about me? So what? So what? I'm interested in so thatters, not so waters. Whatever you do in your life from this moment forward, why don't you say, by the grace of God, I'm going to be a so thatter. So one day God won't look at me and say, so what? So what? Father, bless the message.